Good evening, everybody. I guess, is it hot in here? You feel hot? I hope it's because we're on fire for God, you know? I really hope. Okay, one person likes it. <laughs> really likes it. <laughs> so I wanted to talk about offerings. And, you know, every time it seems like, I feel like every time we come out, you know, like somebody comes out, it's, oh, well, who want to collect offerings? And, you know, it's so nice if people give and stuff like that. But I really want, want to give you an opportunity to give, you know, because that's, that's not... You know, when God is, when God lets you, when God set up something, when he lets you give to his work, to, to where he is, that's, that's amazing because he doesn't really need anything, you know. It's like somebody has everybody, everything, and he owns everybody, and he still says, hey, here's your opportunity to give, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to look at it, you know. I'm going to see if you sacrifice or not, if you give something out of a willing heart, and that's exactly what God is doing. And I want to read a verse from... Or a passage from First Chronicles 29, starting with verse, the first verse. It says, Furthermore, King David said to all the assembly, My son Solomon, whom alone God has chosen, is young and experienced, and the work is great, because the temple is not for man, but for the Lord. Now for the house of my God I have prepared with all my might. I like that. You know, when, when King David says, with all my might, it's a, it's a man of war. He knows what, you know, what might is, what, you know, what it is to apply, to apply effort, right? And he goes and he says, you know, gold for things, of, for things to be made of gold, silver for silver things, bronze for bronze, iron for iron, wood for wood. And he says, all kinds of precious stones and marble slabs in abundance. And then he says, Moreover, because I have set my affection on the house of God, <laughs> I'm honestly like I'm praying for that, you know, for affection for the house of God, you know, to set, to have my affection set on that. I have given to the house of my God over and above all that I have pre- prepared for the holy house. And then he says, my special treasure of gold and silver. I mean, clearly he is given, he is given a lot and then he is given more. And then he's given his special treasure. You know, I don't know what it is for you guys, but, you know, maybe for somebody it's like, you know, you know like my phone is my special treasure, right? <laughs> or, you know, some nice shoes or something else. I don't know, but there's something like, you know, like you wanted something maybe, and then, and then God tells you to give it. And I don't know what it is. Maybe it's a pack of M&Ms, you know. Sometimes we're so hungry and we feel like, you know, this is, this is what I need right now. If I don't have it right now, then the world will stop spinning, you know. And, and, but God wants, you to, God wants you to find those moments. It might be something small, something big, where you give something that's, that's big. And, you know, I really, I really, you know, there's a lot we can talk about it, but I just wanted to, I just want us to take this as an opportunity, as a blessing to be able to give to God, that just like David did, you know. He prepared so much, and, and I'm like, you know, he just put his heart into that, and and I want us to do the same. And I don't, I don't want us just to give because, you know, everybody gives. And every time we give, and we need to give. And if I don't give, then, you know, the ushers that collect the offerings, they will see and they will think something bad about me and stuff like that. I have those thoughts sometimes, you know. <laughs> but, but we shouldn't give for that. We should give. We should really just see how we're doing. And it should be like, you know, it should be our, something that's, that's important to us. And how we give to God, it should be with, like, with our might 
and, and we should be because we have an, our, our affection. You know, I, I have my, you know, I, I love my family, and whenever I buy something for them, I don't really, I mean, I, I want to do it, right? And that's how, that's how we should, that's how we should always watch that. That's how we do it for, for God's house. So we can collect our offerings. Let's just pray real quick. God, we thank you that, God, that you, that you led us to give something to your work, to your house, God. We are very blessed, God. And Lord, we want to give to your house with, with a joyful heart, God. With, with joy, God. With, with, God, with passion, Lord. We want to give because we, God, we love your house because we love the place where you look, God, where the place where you come and pres- where your presence is, Lord. We thank you so much that you've given us that opportunity, God, and we, we just give with happiness, God, with joy to you because you're a good God. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. All right, so we can collect our offerings, and I am also going to preach today, and, you know, I, like, every time I need to preach, I, I, I feel like, like, I, I have a feeling like I get a better idea of what Marina felt like when, or pregnant women feel whenever they're pregnant, you know, <laughs> like, you get something, you need to, you need to prepare a word, and you kind of know a word, and, and then, like, you go day by day, and then you're wondering, you know, what's going on inside of you, and why, why, why you're feeling this way, why you're feeling that way, and then, what is it going to look like? Is it a boy? Is it a girl? You know, like, is it encouragement or is it the message of, you know, conviction and stuff? And you just like, go and go and then, and then you know, at the end when it's, when it's born, you're like, oh, you know, it's so much pain, but it feels good. <laughs> so, but anyway, <clears throat> so the title that I that I have for my for the message that God gave is our answer is Jesus, and. I also think of it as, you know, the, I mean, I don't want to, I don't want to reduce God to that, but it's like the missing ingredient, you know, um, and I'll tell you, tell you what exactly we're going to talk about. I, I have a few things that I want to cover, and first one is kind of where the world is right now, what the world is trying to do, how it's trying to live, how we compare to the world and what they're doing and, you know, kind of where Jesus is with all of that, what he's thinking about all of it. And then we're going to sum up with some thoughts. So the first one is, right now, the world, I see the world, I'll be honest, not because I'm just pessimistic and I, and I like to, you know, watch a lot of four-blood moon movies and you know, stuff like that, like how everything's going to be bad. But just because you look at the world right now and understand that, it's a it's a ship that's sinking, and there's like a hole one after another, and they're just trying to plug one after another, and it's just not working out. You know, you know what I mean? Because every year there's less marriages staying staying in marriage, right? Less people staying in marriage. There's there's more disease and more more illnesses and more death, and and there's more abortions and there's more problems with drugs and. And, and then we fix one thing financially, and then another thing comes up. And it's just like, we, it's like the world lost control. They, they just lost their, you know, train of thought. They don't even know where they're going. And, you know, to me, what the world is doing, they're trying to, to do something as good as they could have had with God, but just without God. 
And, and, you know, in itself, it's very silly. It's like, you know, trying to make scrambled eggs without eggs, you know, <laughs> or trying to make brownies without co cocoa, right? It just doesn't work because that's the main ingredient. That's that main ingredient that, that God has. I mean, that's how it works. It just doesn't work any other way. And that's why the world is trying to create marriages. They, they said the marriage is really just two people loving each other. You know, it's nice people. There's like, you know, how that guy said in that uh, movie, there's some chemistry, you know. Like that chemistry is all that keeps it together. And when the chemical reaction is over, then the marriage is over, right? Um, so it's like there's no God. They don't view it as a union that God has set up. That's why we get homosexual marriages. That's why we get uh, marriages where spouses cheat on each other. That's why we get marriages that, that end up in divorce. So the world is also trying to, you know, cure people and heal people and in the end really just destroying their health. I mean, I, I honestly, this week I've heard a lot of, you know, a few, few scenarios and, you know, how, how the, the, um, the medications that are actually supposed to treat they actually cause more side effects, and they're worse than what they were treating originally. And, and it's like a chain reaction. I, I'm not talking about conspiracy theories. I, I have went through that. You know, like, take too many antibiotics, and then you have to take other pills to fix that, and then it's just a chain reaction. It just doesn't stop in one spot. You know, the world is trying to be happy, right? They create, uh, they create entertainment, um, Right? What and, and what does and where does it end? They have Facebook, movies, multiplayer games where they play you know over the network, and it's type of cool. You know, I I hang out with my buddies, we talk, and and, and you know we, we go to bars and then we chat online and stuff like that. But why 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 do uh, like the drugs against depression, antidepressants, right? Why do the sales on those grow in? Why? I mean, why is America now? Can they? There was an article recently. They said. America is a, as a lonely couple or something, I mean, lonely, lonely couple country, something like that. So they said that the majority of people, or not majority, mo more than half of people are now single. And, and it wasn't like that 20 years ago. It wasn't nowhere near that. And, you know, we try to create entertainment to make ourselves, you know, to make ourselves happy, right? But it, it ends up in evil again. I mean, it ends up in something that's broken more than it was before. We try to prosper, but we end up, you know, the world tries to prosper, but it ends up robbing and, and lying and stealing. And it, you know, it's, it's, it's end, it ends up taking things in greed that sometimes, you know, cost people's lives. And you know that maybe it doesn't happen so much here, even though I believe it does anyway. But in other countries, you get killed. I mean, you get to a certain level, and somebody wants your position, they just kill you. You know, you see what's happening in Ukraine. There is a power grab right now, right? They're fighting. I mean, those guys are fighting not just Ukraine, any, any, any situation like that. The guys that have billions and billions and billions of dollars, they will never be able to spend more than probably 2% of what they have, and they're killing I mean, people left and right to just get more on top. And it, they will never get to that. They'll never even get to, to use that. And the bottom line of what I'm saying is the world is trying to be good without the one who is good, you know. Luke eighteen nineteen says, So Jesus said to him, Why do you call me good? No one is good but one, but one. That is God. There's nobody who is good. You know, it's, there's trying to do something good without 
without the one who is good, who actually has all the good in him, is pointless. Jeremiah 79 says, The heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Who can know it? And that's one thing where we are just lying to ourselves, honestly. And I say to ourselves because sometimes it's not just the world that's doing that. It's us as Christians also doing that. But just to get that in a second. Every time we set out, you know, you know, the world, you see something in the world, they set up some, some charity, right? And, and then there's something biased in that. Either there's somebody stealing money or somebody's teaching kids something that will ruin their lives in the future and they will end up either lonely or, or they will end up, you know, messed up. I mean, there's very few scenarios where things actually work and nobody knows why they work and what's the, what's the, what's the consequences after that anyway. So, in Jeremiah 17:9, by the way, if you read further, it says, Who can know it? Who can know the heart? It says, I, the Lord, search the heart. I test the mind, even to give to every man according to his ways and according to the fruit of his doings. So, there's somebody who knows the heart. Second thing I wanted to talk about is how... How do we as Christians compare to what the world is is doing and how they're taking things, right? Unfortunately, I notice that we do the same thing sometimes. We try to take something and build something without God, and, and then it breaks and doesn't work, and, and we try over and over and over, and it doesn't work, and, and then we wonder, well, what's going on? And the only thing that's going on is that nothing's going on. You know, it, you're missing God. I am missing God. I, ha- I mean, there are, type- there are times when we are take on something, and I do that too. And I forget to include God first and foremost in that. This is how we get those, you know, last time that we watched, right? Celebrity churches, you remember that? <laughs> that was just, like, disgusting. I was, I, got, I wanted to throw up, really. Like, I really wanted to throw up. When I saw that guy, how he looks, when, when, he, st- when he opened up his mouth, that was like over, you know, over for me. And, and, and it's, I'll be honest, especially when he started talking about, you know, getting the phone number of the person you like next to you and talking about God's word. I was like, I was like, you are off the charts in a bad way, you know. And then you get, you know, those master prophet Noel, right? <laughs> that's, that's funny, but it, it is so sad, you know. The guy is really funny. But then you think that people, some people actually buy stuff from him. That's sad. You know, that part is sad. So it's like, that's kind of like bittersweet, right? It's just you laugh first and then you're thinking it's a joke. But then, no, somebody is actually, is actually doing that. And, 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 and that's when you, when you, when you take God out, you know, like, um, if you just look at, 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 Simple things in this world, right? And you take, you know, let's take Coke, right? They, they want Coke, right? But they want it without calories, right? So they put some, like, a combination of chemicals that doesn't just blow up, you know? It's good enough already. Nobody dies from it right away. <laughs> so that's two good things. And, you know, it has no calories in it. Amazing, right? Honestly, I think it tastes pretty bad. Coke light is tasting pretty bad. Compared to real Coke. But anyway, it's not about Coke. I'm just saying that, you know, that's how things 
end up being is that they start twisting. And then, then somebody comes out and says, oh, that component that you have in that coke is badly. Let's try to substitute it with something else. And that's exactly what that's the game that devil is playing on the world right now. Is because you take God out, it doesn't. People know what it should be like. And it doesn't taste the same way. It's no longer, it's something is off. And people start, start feeling that. And so the next thing the world is doing, oh, we're just, we just have the wrong thing in it. Let's just add some of this, you know. And let's just, let's just uh, you know, we are all unhappy, not really because we forgot the Ten Commandments and because we try to get God out of the schools and, and just do away with God. It is because we, you know, we're too strict about sex. Let's just loosen up on that. We'll be all cool. Okay, so they do that. They end up in more brokenness, more pain, more suffering. Well, it's because we, you know, we need to ease up on the beer and on, you know, some drinking and some hanging out. And we need some, you know, we need pizza and disco balls in church. And, you know, we just, and the funny thing is that sometimes we talk about the world and you can actually take some churches and talk about them. Just substitute world for that church's name. And that's how it will be. And I'm not, you know, bad mouth in any churches. I'm just saying that that's, that's the way it is with some churches. The reason is because God was taken out of that equation. And, you know, the main reason, I mean, just shortly, right, it's, it's because we are trying to take shortcuts. But John 15, 5, Jesus says, without me, you can do nothing. That's the end of the verse. He said, he, I mean, I love so much, I love it so much about Jesus. I, I, I mean, he, the, he is our Lord, and he's, you know, it says meek and humble, right? And then you're thinking, how do you flip up, you know, every single table in the temple and still stay meek and holy? <laughs> it's it's such a such a such a crazy combination. I don't know, but I just love it. I I, I love everything about him, and I'm like, God, if I can flip some tables, you know, <laughs> and still stay meek and humble, that would be just amazing. But you know, he. He does things that we could probably never do, but, you know, things he said, they stick through centuries because, because he it is the living word of God. And it's because it's, it's the God who was speaking those things. And he was, in, he was here as a human. And without me, you can do nothing. So I have news for you. <laughs> without God, you can do nothing. I mean, we can do nothing without God. We can't build church. We can't build a family. We can't build can't build relationships, we can't get married, we can't, we cannot do anything really. I mean, we can't go preach about God without God. We can't. Uh, we can't get healing without Him. We can't get courage to go preach. We can't get wisdom that we need. We just cannot. If He is missing, nothing, will, nothing is going to work. Okay, and I think, I think we all know that, but it's just something about human beings. I don't know, you know, there's probably a scientific term for that, but we have memory that, you know, that um, kind of like you pile stuff on and in America with our smartphones and with news and with everything, you know, there's, in, you know, just so much inflow of information that we, certain things, we just forget that we shouldn't forget. And, you know, it's like, I was like, yes, without God, I cannot do anything. And they're like, why would I even try to do something without him? Right? And... I mean, it works for anything. You try to go, you want to go study for somebody, you want to become somebody. And I'm like, four years of college, for instance, right? We were talking with somebody last uh, Monday. And I was like, so four years of college, 
if I don't know that God will be with me there 100%, I'm not spending a penny on that or a minute, right? Because dangerous, you know, four years, I'll be honest, I'm like slowly creeping up to 30, and, you know, it's like four years is a lot. (laughs) It's like, it's a lot, especially right now. The years are getting more precious, I'll tell you this. No, somebody probably is laughing, but seriously, up to 25, I was like, nobody's taking me seriously. I want to be 25, so people start taking me serious, more serious, you know, so I have some weight in society. And then I turned 25, and like down to 28, it was like slippery slope. I couldn't stop, you know. And then I was like, man, three years, just boom, gone. Like, how did that happen? Anyway, I got sidetracked, but... I was talking about that without Jesus, we can't do anything, right? We can't spend four years in college. We cannot, we cannot go on ventures. It's, this life is not an adventure. I mean, if you want to go risk something, you're risking your life, really, right now, especially at this time. If you do something just out of your own mind, not really good. So another thing, number three, how does, you know, what does Jesus think about, about it all, right? Like, there must be if 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 you know if we if we miss him in certain things that we're doing if he's the missing component the missing person the missing you know if his opinions are missing from what we're doing then including him will probably change it somehow right um, like again talking about food there there are certain vegetables or and fruits that change the taste of anything you put it you put it into right and it you know, given that it's not too strong what you put it into, but they just take over, right? And that's exactly how our God is. You know, He will take over. And in John fourteen six, it says, Jesus said to him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. And then he you know, then he keeps driving it further. But <clears throat> that's enough for me, honestly. He says, I am the way that we should walk on, that we should go. This is, the, this is our guide, you know. That's how we should walk. This is the way we should walk. The truth, right? So immediately canceling out all other possibilities of any other God or higher being or anything else. The truth, you know. So it didn't say I'm a truth or I'm one of the best truths that you can have out there. And if you don't have any better truth, I am the truth you should use. He said, I am the truth. And then he says, I am the life. You know, I was thinking, what? The life, you know? It's like, I mean, if you think about it, you can philosophize about it, but life, I mean, that's what we live our whole life. When we sleep, when we wake up, when we do things, it's all on the foundation of our life. I mean, our careers, our work, you know, our health, whatever else, whatever, whatever other plans we have, our life. If you take out the life, everything else doesn't matter, right? It doesn't matter, like, you know, if I'm, you know, 6'4 and have blonde hair, or if I'm 5'4 and I have red hair or whatever, right? I'm a girl, a boy, you know, 20 years old, 70 years old, smart or not so smart, you know, if I'm dead, doesn't matter. Doesn't matter who I am. I mean, none of my characteristics are important at that point. He says, I am the life. And you take out life from your life, Nothing matters, really. You take out Jesus from your life, nothing really matters. It doesn't matter, uh, you know, 
if you're going to be if you're going to be if you're going to study for somebody get two PhDs and another one you know and and be making lots of money or if you're not going to do it or if you're going to get married or not get married or if you're going to have kids or how many kids or where you're going to live or what you're going to do doesn't matter like I, I know it sounds you know it sounds on the extreme part but I don't I don't even think I am driving the point home I cannot explain or emphasize that enough it's probably taken a whole life to understand it you know it's like really you take life out of us and we're done I mean it doesn't really matter what we do at that point so you know we you know I said it multiple times and, and uh, you know we hear it said many times you know God doesn't like shortcuts right well I, I, I don't know if you can call it a shortcut or not, but if God likes any shortcuts, there's only one. It's called His grace, okay? So that's the shortest shortcut that you can cut. As it says in um, Proverbs 3.34, it says, Surely He scorns the scornful, but gives grace to the humble. I, you know, I, I, I love that because... When God promises something, it works. And, and I can tell you my own example, it works. If I humble myself, it says, in, in some translations, translations, it says, humbled and oppressed. And I like that even better because sometimes, you know, sometimes we, you know, we fly high and, and we, we think very good about ourselves. And, uh, and, and God is like, I love I love my child, but how do I get him to humble again, right? And, and it's like, and so humble doesn't work, so we get oppressed sometimes, you know? <laughs> like we get something in our lives, you know, maybe an accident, maybe a sickness, maybe something else, I don't know. But then you get to this point where you feel you're done, you're like, like somebody's pressing on you, and sometimes it feels it's not the devil, you know? And then, um, and then it's like, I need, to, I need to humble myself. And, and but he, he said, to the humble, he gives grace, right? And all of us are prone to this. I mean, all of us are, I mean, pride is something that all of us will be fighting till we die. And I don't, I mean, sometimes I'm wondering if we will have to fight it in heaven too or not, because Lucifer came down like with one third of angels. And I, I mean, I hope like God deletes that part of us that can get pride, you know, but that's, you know, this is too high of a material to, for me to speak of. But, um, I just hope, you know, I, I, I dream about those things. And I, I hope I, I'm in heaven and I'm just perfect. I, like, that's really what I believe. But one thing that I wanted to, to, to talk about is that grace, right? This is what God has given us. We play around with that sometimes. Like, really, we play around with that sometimes. We get to this low moment and, and we are thinking, if God doesn't pick me up right now, I am dead. Like, I am dead. I don't want to go, I don't want to do anything. Like, this is the last youth I'm going to because I'm going to die after that. You know, there's nothing, no hope for me. Like, really, mentally, physically, spiritually, I'm done. We come to that point, or there's some other service, or something else, you know. Maybe you come to your prayer closet, which is, I don't know, your car or, you know, your garage or whatever it can be, Right? Uh, and you come to God like that, you cry, and then he says, okay, I get it, that, that's humble, I like it, right? And, and, then, and then he lifts you up right away, because God does it, 
I mean, he does it. He says, I'll give you grace. If you humble yourself, I'm going to give you grace. He gives it to us. And then we're like, a few days later, we're like, man, I am so good. I pray so good. Or I humble myself so good. I'm just like, you know, I'm a child of God, I tell you, you know. And it's like, and it's like not so long. If you pray, especially if you pray that prayer, God, search my heart, you know, and just, just see if I'm, you know. You see if I'm doing something dangerous with my life, you know, and, and bring me down if I, if, you know, if I do. If you give God everything, like if you give all control to God over your life, we're thinking about it, right? I want to be the instrument of worship, right? The instrument of praise. And I was thinking, you, you remember guys about Ezekiel, right? We're going to be reading that soon again. Ezekiel was an instrument of praise. I mean, did God treat him very well? I mean, it depends how you look at it. I mean, maybe that was the language that Ezekiel was speaking. I don't know. I mean, maybe that worked for him. I don't know. But but he lived a tough life. If we would look at it, would say, that's not American dream. You know, that's not even a Jewish dream, you know, or like any dream. You know? It's like whatever you want to put it, you know, it's like it's it's not even the Philistine dream. You know, it's like it's like pretty bad. But, uh, you know, but but you get into that. And, and then we just have these swings, you know, with God, up and down, up and down, up and down. Instead of going, f- f- like the Word of God says, from glory to glory. I don't know about you, but when I was little and, and I heard that in church, I was, I was imagining myself, like, becoming the president of Ukraine. And then to another glory, becoming the president of Russia. And then, you know, president of the United States, and then the president of the world, and then God himself is, you know, making me his assistant. You know, I was really small, okay? But, and then I was like, well, it's, it's actually not about your glory. It's about glorifying God, and it's going from glorifying God to glorifying God at a higher level, and going to glorifying God at a higher level, and at a higher level, but glorifying him, not us. I was upset back then, but I'm happy right now, honestly, because I, I don't want to, you know, I don't want, I don't want to glorify myself at all. And, and we play around with that, you know, and, and I was thinking that sometimes if we would only promise to do something to God and then do what we promised, if we would get into that cycle, our lives, I know, would be different. They would be changing. And and I, I, we will probably fail again. I'm not saying that we will ever just give a promise and make it perfect. For sure we'll do it. But I hope, I'm really hoping that, if, you know, God continues to show his love to us, then we'll be like Jonah, you know. If we're running away from God and God says, nope, you need to come back and do my will, you know. And I'm, I'm really hoping for such mercies from God. And Somebody told me a story. I don't. I mean, I don't know if it's. They said it's a true story, and I tend to believe them. They usually don't lie. Uh, but I don't know. I didn't look it up in history. I don't know what happened afterwards. But there was a time when pirates were ruling the seven seas. You know, they were like going all out, and they were pretty, pretty powerful. And they took some island in England. I don't know what island that was. And they sent a general to that island to to take it over. So he brings an army with him. They offload on a beach, quiet beach. The first thing he does, have you guys, does anyone know that story? You know what the first thing he does? I was like, that, he's genius, you know. He burns down the ship, okay? 
that they came on. So that means there's only, there's, you know, there's only two ways, <laughs> right? Either they take over the island or the pirates take them over and kill them. So for them to get back, they need to take over the territory and to be able to take some, something so that they could go back home. And it's like, I wish we would do that sometimes with our lives, right? You know, we come, we come to a certain new territory and we say, God, I, I promise you, I'm, gonna, I'm done with this. And, and then we're like, you know, the ship is, you know, still remote, started, warm, ready for us to go. <laughs> and we go try to explore, take over the island, and we see the first enemy, and we run back into the ship and just, you know, sail off. And I, I told you that, guys, I told you many times, I'm preaching to you something that I'm preaching to myself. I'm, this is not... I'm telling you to do this. I'm saying that I need to work on that too. And I, I definitely, not running away from every enemy, but I'm just saying that we promise to God things and then we don't do it. But to get back to what I was talking about, the main, the main point that I wanted to make today is we do tend to look for answers. We do tend to look for fulfillment of our desires and of our needs everywhere. I mean, we want the easiest. If you guys didn't know something about yourself, I'm going to tell you this. You are by nature, you're lazy. <laughs> okay? Because we are all lazy by nature. Maybe somebody is not lazy in some areas, somebody is lazy in the other, right? Some people are lazy to, you know, to eat sunflower seeds because they have to crack them open, right? And, and some people are not. And, and then they'll look, oh, I'm, not, I'm not lazy, and then, but the other one will say, yes, you are, because you, I see this in you, and I don't have that problem. But if, if we just take on grand scale, right, we will find something where we're lazy. And we try to find things that are very, very easy, you know, low-hanging fruit, you know, this, whatever you want to call it. There's a lot of terms for that right now. But I just wanted to tell you something, that, that, that Jesus, he is our desires and he is our dreams. In Luke 10, 23, 24, it says, Then he turned to his disciples and said privately, Blessed are the eyes which see the things you see. For I tell you that many prophets and kings have desired to see what you see and have not seen it, and hear what you hear but have not heard it. I was thinking, why did he say kings and prophets? Kings are somebody who are at the peak of Power, authority, and finance, right? I mean, everybody, when they, like, you know, doze off and they just dream about something that's, you know, fleshly, they think, if I would be a king, you know, not a president. President has a lot of obligation, Congress to deal with and all that stuff, you know. A king, you know, one word and it's done. He is the ruler of it all, right? A king, you have money, you have power, you have freedom, you have everything. Unless some other kingdom comes to you, then you're the prime target, but... Overall, great position from a worldly point of view, right? And then he says prophets. Prophets are the ones who are, who are closest to God. They speak to him most intimately, and they know him, right? They, they, they were the ones who knew God more than anybody else in the land. I mean, especially if you look at Old Testament. And he said kings and prophets have desired that. And, and I'm like... If you, even if you get all these revelations, right, and if you, even if you get all the finance and all the authority, everything, but, but you, you don't, I mean, 
you still want to see Jesus. You still wanted to see him because that's what it says. They wanted to see it. The kings wanted to see Jesus. They wanted to hear him. They wanted to be a part of it all, and they couldn't. And same with prophets. Even prophets, can you imagine? Like, it includes Elijah, right? He did so much. You would think, but still, he still wanted to see Jesus, Moses, all of them. They wanted to be a part of what Jesus was doing. Another thing, he wants us to come and ask him. He wants us to ask him for, you know, if we need courage to go preach, if we need willpower, as we call it, right? If we need strength or grace or whatever, he wants to fulfill that need. He wants, he wants to meet us. When we come short of something, and I, I'll tell you this, I have come short of so many things, you know, not like I'm a complete failure, but honestly, like, like I know if I, if I like say something to Marina and I need to apologize, I remember like, it's hard. Why every time it's hard, you know, or why is it hard to do things right? Why is it hard? Like if you have problems with, I mean, whatever you have problems with, right? I don't want to like point fingers, but I know, I mean, I can get, I can get, I can get irritated and I can get like, you know, oh, I don't want to do this. I don't want to do that. Oh, let's do this. And there's so many things that our flesh wants us to fall into, so many pits. And, you know, every single one of us is going through something. I'm pretty sure. If not, then you need to find something to go through, <laughs> seriously. Because this is, this is the life we live in. If you're not going through something, I would check the pulse and then go talk to somebody and say, what do you think? Am I going through something? They'll give you something, you know, I'll tell you, because <laughs> we have that ability. So, Matthew 7, 7 says, ask and it will be given. Seek and you will find. Knock and it will be opened to you. And I was wondering why. I was, how does Jesus say it, say it so boldly, right? Ask and it will be given to you. And answer, I found my answer in, in Matthew eleven twenty seven. It says, all things have been delivered to me by my Father. So he has everything. And I started thinking, he has, he has the joy that I need. He has the healing that I need, the health that I need. He has the plans that I need. He has, the, he has you know, happiness and satisfaction and achievement. And he has the courage that I need. He, needs, he has the strength that I need to overcome everything that, everything that I need to overcome. He has all of that. So the final point, if you hope you are not sleeping for this section, but... You know, our answer is Jesus, okay? This is the only, if you, I'll be honest with you, if I would, if I would be told, if you can only know one word in all of the languages you speak, what would be that word? I would say Jesus probably, you know? And then if they'd say, okay, you can, you can, um, you, you know, you can get three more words. I would say blood of Jesus. <laughs> Honestly, like those words have driven me out of so many so many situations in life, seriously. Like, you wake up when, when fear is attacking you, especially when I came, just came back to church. When when devil is attacking you, he bows down before the name of Jesus. Seriously. He does. Confused minds, they come into order before the name of Jesus. You know? The bodies, I mean, it, I'm telling you, if, if, he could, if he could heal the lame, if he made a blind man see, if he made a leper clean... You know, he was the answer to that woman that, that, that was 12 years in sickness. She was helpless and hopeless. And he was her answer. He was Naaman's answer. He had, and Naaman had everything. He was the Syrian commander, right? Army commander. He had pretty much everything, second after the king. 
he had this terrible sickness that nobody could heal, heal him of. But one word from God was enough for him. Guys, we, you know, you know we need to find him as, as, the, as the ultimate answer, right? That, remember that Samaritan woman? I was like, I was reading New King James and the title was A Samaritan Woman Finds Her Messiah. I was like, man, this is so personal. You know, and I mean, I, mar- you know, marriage-wise, her life was messed up. <laughs> Five husbands and the one right now, not a husband, <laughs> really. Like, something's going on. But she goes, he told me everything. And then she's like, like, she lost, forgot about everything. She forgot about her life. She goes in city. They believe just because of her words. Then he, Jesus stays with them for two days, right? I'm like, they probably were very persuasive, Seriously, I mean, if he was telling another woman, like, no, go away, it's not good to take, you know, take bread from children and give it to dogs, right? Also a Samaritan, right? And then with these ones, he stayed for two days. I mean, I mean, something really, really personal. She found, she found her answer to everything. And we have to include him first and foremost in everything we do because he is the rest that we need. He is safety and protection. Demo was talking about it today. I was thinking, I need protection. There's so much in this world. If I don't need physically protection, protected, then I need to be mentally protected because this world just throws so much information at me that it's so hard not to just turn down and start being afraid and scared of every single thing, not to be scared of financial crisis, of what they put into the bread we eat and, and everything else and, and how it's all going to kill us. I mean, there's so much that's coming at us. And, I mean, we'll have to have an answer. I'll, you know, I just want to wrap up with something. I, I, was, um, <clears throat> I was going through some of my text messages on my phone, and, and I was like, it's like endless, right? Especially if you text, on, text somebody on Craigslist, you want to buy something, and it's just you go, oh, and it's endless. And then you find some old text messages I mean, not no. I'm nothing bad or anything. But I was like, I was like, looked at. Apparently, there's like three, four, five year old messages that are saved there, and I'm like, I found like what, like what I was talking about back then, with people, you know, like even what I was te- texting to my friends and the same friends that I text right now. And I was like, some things I found. I was like, really? Did I send that? You know, it's great that, you know, great that we're still friends, you know. <laughs> Because there's some stuff like stuff like that. Like, why? I mean, like, what was this about? And then, oh, I, I'll tell you this. I saw some of the answers, too, you know. I was like, really? <laughs> like, like, how did I stay friends with them? <laughs> but it's like, you know, nothing bad. As I said, nothing but just pointless stuff. Even the scriptures that we were exchanging. Honestly, I'm like, whoa. I mean, what, what is that scripture about? Right? Especially get closer to the financial crisis. You know, there are interesting text messages and, and, and scriptures that you dig out of the Bible. And, and I was just thinking, you know, I think some of the people that I was exchanging even the scriptures with are lost right now. Like, literally, they are, I don't know what they're doing. I mean, not that I don't know what they're doing. I know what they're doing. But you look, you know, not to judge, but you, like, you look by the Bible, and it's the, the fruits, you know, it's, it's just not there. It's just crazy what they're doing, you know, kind of who surrounds them, you know, what they live with, what, you know, what's, what's in their heart and mind and in their life. It's just like, I mean, I was like, I was like, 
I don't want that. You know, I wouldn't want that. And and the reason I'm saying this is because, I mean, <clears throat> I'm not perfect. You guys all know that. But honestly, like, I really don't know. I don't have another answer for my life situations. I don't have another answer for my decisions. I, you know, it's like, that's that's my, you know, that's, I can hit the answer button right away. If if I would be on some, in some show, like, if they would be asking questions about life, I would hit it and say, Jesus, 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 Jesus. Now, because he has that. I mean, he is the one who has the life that we need. And, and I mean, it's all, all of it is really studying about is, is, understanding God more on this earth as much as we can. It's really all comes down to that. Whatever we do, it, you know, we need to be glorifying Him. And let's stand up. I want to start praying and <clears throat> just close our eyes and maybe turn out the lights like we do usually. And, you know, we we have Him here right now. And not that we have Him, He decided to come here. He decided to honor us with his presence, with, with, you know, with his mighty presence. It's, it's nothing less, nothing short of that cloud that filled the temple. That glory is here. He is here. It's just that the temple is our hearts right now, and, and we can get overwhelmed. We can get, we can get filled with him. We can have his presence in our hearts right now, in our temples. We can we can find Him. We can have Him sanctify our, ourselves right now. We can have Him clean our, our temple off of everything that, that's not pleasing to Him. We can. We can find that right now.